Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Bulldog fans everywhere. After It's been a while for me, but uh, we are back here on the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Lance Dog. And uh, like I said, it has been a while. Uh, I've had got a, a well, I won't say well-earned, but a much-needed vacation uh, that I just got through with. And now I kind of feel like I need a vacation from the vacation, if you know how that you know how that is. Um, got through graduation for some for some loved ones, got through finals. We're back to regularly scheduled programming. Uh, Daniel did a good job handling uh, last week a solo episode, but looks like not a lot of good stuff to talk about on the baseball side of things. But you know what? We're just going to not do it. Well, we're going to talk about some things, but eventually. But I feel like it'd be best if we start off on a positive note. That's right. We're coming back to a positive uh, Maroon Mike episode. We are officially a softball podcast until further notice. Uh, you could argue that we should have been a softball podcast from the beginning. However, those of you will recall that we have uh, already did an interview with Mia Davidson the week before softball season started and that we have been, you know, occasionally mentioned in softball. But I think as far as, you know, your main podcasts go, we have the best claim to softball know-how and softball, uh, I guess, paid attention to. I'm trying to find, find a different word there. More than most of these other shows, it seems like. You know, we did have Mia on the show. We are excited. Daniel and I have been to very many softball games. Daniel more than me. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a, We're no stranger to the sport. We're not newcomers. You're going to get a lot of the good stuff here over the next, hopefully, a couple of weeks. We will see at least one more week of episodes for sure. At least three more softball-related episodes or, or episodes of softball content because if we even if we lose this weekend, we'll break that down and then move on to – as soon as softball is over, a closeout episode of baseball. We'll kind of sum up the season. That was very disappointing. Kind of talk about what went wrong, and then we will start talking about what the team could look like next year and if anybody has any idea, because I think it's going to look a lot different, a lot different. You've already seen that with some of the uh, transfer portal news uh, for Mississippi State baseball. And also by us waiting on that baseball episode, that gives us more time to – figure out, kind of let that kind of shake out some of the portal stuff to where we have a better idea of what's going on with baseball, you know. Uh, I'd say, let's, let's keep that positivity up. I would say, got a lot to talk about the softball team. Yeah, that's all. That's all. So for those of y'all that are that want to get familiar, um, we're just going to do kind of team introductions. So – this is probably something that should have been done at the beginning of the season, but you you can go ahead and say that we were doubters or that we uh, were not doing our due diligence for that. But right now, we're just going to kind of talk about who all to you're going to see this weekend on the Mississippi State side of things. Later this week, we do expect to have a good show about what to expect on the Arizona side of things. But going to introduce you to some of these players, softball. Very similar, but also in many ways very, very different from baseball. Like, for example, just the biggest difference here, there's only six pitchers on the team and only five that you might see this weekend, but really they're probably going to go with two, maybe three. 
I mean, that's it. That It's a completely different arm motion. Uh, allows you to pitch a lot longer. Pitch counts aren't really a problem in softball. I think Montana Fouch threw 400 pitches this weekend. I mean, you, you can really go all day, uh, especially with the kind of training they have these days. So it is a very different sport in that regard alone. But first, we're going to talk about the position players. You already know Mia. Mia started every game, uh, not every game as a catcher, but she has started every game uh, at one position or another. She leads the team in both power hitting and hitting for average, 371 batting average, 22 home runs, 43 walks, which is incredible. She has 14 more walks than strikeouts. Uh, 44 RBI leads it. So she leads the team pretty much in every offensive category. Uh, she is one of, and it goes without saying, one of the best players in school history. Um, that, that is beyond a doubt. She's already been drafted into a professional league uh, this year. She has absolutely been the heart and soul of this team for, what, four year, five years now. She was freshman of the year 2018, and ever since then, uh, she's been doing things that the likes of which is rarely seen in the sport. So we love Mia. Go back and listen to her episode right before baseball season and softball season started. We had an interview with her. Um, not going to ask her for an interview before – uh, this before the super regional because you know they got a lot bigger fish to fry. I'm not going to bother her with that, although I'm sure she'd do it if I asked. But I'm just you know going to be a little bit more polite. Look, listen, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed. I'm, I haven't been on the I haven't been around when y'all had the interviews with RJ Yeager and Mia Davidson. Well, so uh, those are one on one interviews, so don't it's not like Andrew and Daniel got to join on those two, but if you have a connection yourself. So my buddy Reed hooked me up with RJ. But if you know somebody that knows somebody and you want to do an interview and put it on the show, you go ahead. That's really knows. That's all. It's not. It's not like we're having a powwow with everybody but Lounge. Yeah, let's leave that. Let's leave that. Let's leave that guy out. He. <laughs> no, that's he's not, not important. That's not what we're doing. <laughs> Uh, we also, I'm messing with you. Oh, I know. We also have Chloe Malalulu. Malalulu. Listen, I've heard her name pronounced a hundred times, and I can hear it in my head, but I can't say it with my tongue. Malalulu. Malalulu. There's a double vowel. Vowel. There's two vowel sounds on a row that I'm not used to putting together. Chloe Malalulu. She is your next leading hitter. She has eight home runs on the year, but a 340 average. Uh, has walked 28 times. So she gets on base a lot too, but, uh, slugging over 550 per, uh, 550 on the year. She is another leader on this team. Somebody that has uh, started every game. Gonna need some big stuff from her this week. Another player who's been really really clutch. She's had some long bats. Had big RBIs. She's had big base hits. She is second on the team in RBI. Is Paige Cook. Eight home runs for her as well, batting 316, like I said, with 42 RBI. She uh, doesn't walk as much as those other two players, just 12 walks. And that's more of the, in the realm of most of these players, closer to 15 or, or less walks, except for Chloe and Mia. But Paige Cook plays third base, really, really important part of this team. Uh, we love all of these players, but these three right here are some of the ones that if if you want to have a really good super regional, you're going to expect them to do a lot of damage. 
Uh, and by the way, Mia is your catcher. I've said that already. But hey, Paige is third base. Chloe, she's going to play outfield. Briley St. Clair is also an outfielder. She's let off some. She's let off some and batted ninth. So sometimes in softball, for those of you that don't know, they will put a really speedy high on-base percentage type, maybe not power, but good on-base percentage type. They'll put one of those in the nine hole and let them do what, you know, slap slap bunt or slap hit, which is similar to bunting where you kind of get a running start before you swing at the ball and you kind of just uh, try to beat it out, beat out the throw rather than hit it past the outfield or anything like that. Uh, she is. They also have regular bunts and drag bunts. They have all the bunts you have in, in baseball, but also slap bunts, which is a different thing. And that's kind of Briley's game. Uh, she's very, very swift. She plays center field, has started every single game. Uh, she's been a uh, stalwart. She's batting 265, just slugging 306. So that kind of tells you, you know, she's not getting that her own base percentage is higher than a slugging percentage. Okay. And, and you don't see that a lot in baseball or softball. That or you probably see it more in softball. That just goes to tell you she's mostly hitting singles, trying to find her way on base. Uh, but she does have a lot of good range out there in center field. I'm about to say, at least our softball team, we got a true leadoff hitter. Well, see, she's she's in the nine hole more than leadoff, but she is a leadoff hitter. I mean, I mean, you can look at it as a two, as a two straight leadoff hitter kind of person. Exactly, it's kind of like it's a turn the lineup over like a like another leadoff hitter. And this, and during Florida State, she led off both games, though. She was lead off. <clears throat> Next is uh, Madison Kennedy. She's mostly playing uh, shortstop. She's really good, too. Batting 252, uh, does have six home runs, 28 RBIs. Uh, very, very important player. She's one of your best defensive players, of course, at shortstop. Riley Hull, she's also, <clears throat> excuse me. Trying to get something out of my throat here. She's been uh, really crucial to the team as well. She has started 51 games. So now we're getting into people that have pretty much uh, – I think Paige Cook missed one start, but she's played every single game. Uh, this is uh, – Riley Hull has played most games, but not every single game. She is batting uh, 248 with not your power hitting. She's got no home runs. She's slugging 305. So she's kind of similar to Riley St. Clair. That's your other kind of, you know, she's if Riley's not batting in the nine hole, you'll probably see Riley Hole back there. Uh slap bunting, getting on finding fighting her way on base that way. Matalasi Fapito. This is I'm huh? impressed first off you just said that correctly. Uh, I, I've got that one. I, I I can say the other one, but the two vowels just trips me up. I'm kind of tired. I've, I've had a long, had a lot of traveling done this week. But Matalasi, she is what's usually going to be called a designated player. Now she also pitches. She's a two way player, so we'll get into our pitching stats when we do the pitchers here in a minute. But she's instead of a designated hitter, they have a designated player, uh, and the reason that they call it different is is kind of inconsequential. But what happens with designated players and stuff and, and these kind of substitute situations, in softball you have free sub. You can pinch run anybody whenever you want. You can put uh, defensive replacements anybody you want. They don't have to come in and bat. You can sub. You can The same pitcher can end, exit a game, come back, and pitch later. That's actually happened. Um, so with the designated player, like she can play, and then if she needs to pitch, you don't have to – you can change the lineup or not, right? You can th- have her in there just to pitch, just to hit, or do both. 
but it's not like if you sub her out hitting wise that she can't pitch anymore. That's the thing. Or if you sub her out pitching wise that she can't hit anymore. But she is our fourth most used pitcher out of the six. Or yeah, out of the six. So she's batting 240, does have some pop, 13 home runs, uh, 39 RBI, and has drawn the third most walks on the team with 23. So she she's finding a way to get on base. Slugging 534, so very high slugging percentage. That's third on the team as well. Uh, very important role player. I say role player. The thing about softball is you get a lot more people involved with that free sub. So everybody on this list is going to play uh, meaningful. I would not even I would, I don't meaningful innings, but is, they're going to get a pinch hit run or a pinch hit or a defensive replacement. Like everybody out there has got a chance to make an impact in this series. Shay Moreno, she's a second baseman. She's batting 235, does have three home runs, uh, doesn't walk a ton, but is slugging 346. She's been very, very important. And Jackie McKenna, kind of a jack of all trades is Jackie. She's played catcher. She's played corner infield. She's played outfield. Utility player. She'll come into pinch hit. She'll come in to, uh, as a defensive replacement. Again, with this free sub, you, you can kind of be a lot more versatile in softball than you can uh, – in baseball, Jackie McKenna's batting 227, has seven home runs. She has delivered some really clutch pinch hits in her career at Mississippi State. Uh, she's also a friend of mine. Very, very sweet, very sweet girl, very sweetheart. But has that kind of it about her where it's a tough situation or if it's, uh, you know, a high pressure situation, she can deliver. Even just the, even with just the 227 batting average. So those are all of your, your regulars. You've also got Addison Purvis. She has appeared in 55 games, has started just uh, 24. So she doesn't qualify. For kind of, they got to kind of have a divider here between who qualifies to be, you know, on one level of these stats and who of these are kind of more replacements. She's batted 304 uh, with three home runs. I remember she had a really, really big – a couple of really big home runs on the highlight uh, real, uh, this season. Montana Davidson, that's uh, – Mia's sister, she was was kind of an every game type of player a couple of years ago and last year. Been a little bit banged up, I think, this year. She's only batting 167. She's only started six games and only played in 24. So that's kind of a little of a bit of a different look. Doesn't have any home runs yet this year, but has, has played here for six years. Has been really important in years past, just not her best season this year. Phoebe Florin. Florian is another one. She's got 49 appearances, just two starts. Uh, that's somebody that uh, she she's stolen three bases. She's going to come in and, and as a pinch runner, might come in as a uh, as a different type as a different type of sub. But she appears in a lot of games. You got a couple other players that have appeared in an awful lot of games. Maybe it's a pinch runner situation. Um, but pretty much, with these are your position players that you're rolling with. And like I said, every single one of them has a chance to make an impact whether they're starting or not, because you can put in whoever you want when you're playing softball. All right, we're going to talk about some pitchers. This is where softball is very, very different from baseball. So we're going to go ahead and get out of the way. You know, Bree Bauer, she's a, a player that has only made six appearances this year, uh, younger player. She's still kind of getting her feet out from under uh, – her feet under, I should say. But then you've got five players that you might see, starting with 
someone who's just been absolutely not dominant, maybe not be the word. She is our best pitcher, but just so much competitiveness, so much heart, so much gumption. She has come in in starting situations and closing situations and relief situations, whatever it is. You kind of do, you know, a little bit of it all when you're a softball pitcher. She has been able to do it all and has done so well. She's an older player, a senior. That's Annie Willis. Annie's got a 2.44 ERA. Our ERA as a team is 4.43. That's with Bree Bauer having a 12, an ERA of 12. So you still have a 4.43 ERA. uh, Amongst, you'll probably have an ERA around three. You just have the five players that have played, uh, appeared more than 15 games. But anyway, let's, let's look here. 136 strikeouts to, to 59 walks. Uh, four, four, two, four, four ERA, a batting average against a 226. She's been really, really solid, really, really clutch. Has thrown 126 innings this year. Uh, you really love to see that. And again, 126 innings, you're only playing seven innings per uh, game. That, that kind of goes to tell you if you throw 126 innings in baseball in a nine inning game, that means you're, you know, a starter. You're going five or six innings at least every single weekend to get to that number. Even though softball games are shorter, she's still up around the number. These next two pitchers, they've both thrown 98 innings. First is Aspen Wesley. Aspen threw a complete game shutout against Florida State, the number two team in the country. Shut them out. She has a 2.93 ERA, 76 strikeouts, 27 walks. So she's got more of a, a good pitch mix. She's going to be really creative with some with the way she can pull the string and uh, go off speed. Got a couple. She doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but got some really big ones against Florida State with that off-speed pitch. And then Kenley Hawk, 3.05 ERA. You'll probably see her this weekend. Has the most wins on the team with 11. She's got 104 strikeouts in her 98 innings to uh, 50 walks. So she's a little bit of, of a strikeout threat there. Both her and Willis, again, averaging around a little over a strikeout per inning. And then Matalasi Fapito, we already mentioned her, 2.37 ERA, which is the lowest on the team. Uh, 44 innings pitched, so not as much many inning, uh, innings pitched, just 18 appearances. And in those, she has 39 strikeouts to go with 12 walks. So not a lot of walks there. You like that ratio. And then Grace Fagan, she's had a little bit more trouble with the walks, but she's got a 3.57 ERA, just a 2.23 batting average against, but 36 strikeouts to 31 walks in her 33 innings. So that's your team. That's who you're probably going to see uh, this year again or this weekend. Everybody uh, that we mentioned has a chance to make a big impact. There's only 24 players on the softball team, and especially Mississippi State, you're going to see them substituted liberally. Uh, that's kind of been Mississippi State's thing. They're going to pinch hit. They're going to pinch run. So everybody has a chance to contribute to make an impact. And the, the weird thing is the substitution thing is a whole lot different in softball than it is baseball. Yeah, you can like, slug whenever you want. It's like you can come and you can come back in. Yeah, even if you're a pitcher, you know, you come right back in. And, I mean, and a pitcher can pitch two games, complete games back-to-back if they really need to. Like, it's crazy, but you can. So, I said we kind of we talked about, you know, talk about the regional. That was that was some impressive stuff. That immediately I thought of eight, the 18 baseball team losing that first game and rallying to win four straight. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, Tallahassee, people in Florida, 
you know, down there at FSU, they must hate the Bulldogs. I mean, but baseball's done it twice to them, and now softball's done it to them. Uh, and even and even then, you know, we we ended their season in 2018, and and it was heartbreaking. And they were a number four national seed, and and were and they were ready to host a super regional and all that. But you know, they 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 lose that first game that they absolutely shouldn't have lost. They knew they had a tough row to hoe before they played Mississippi State, right? Like it was still going to be an uphill battle whether they beat us or not. Now we did. That game was all Florida State, and then it turned around on a dime on, on a, the mighty swing of Elijah McNamee, and that was pretty heartbreaking in that short term. But let me tell you, Florida State had the longest regional winning streak in the country with 24 games. Let me let me put this into perspective for you. So, softball, and and I think this is kind of the case with women's sports. I, I feel like women's sports are not, you have a lot more because maybe that there's less uh, lucrative coaching opportunities, you have a lot more coaches that, that stick around and build a dynasty for years and years. You have a lot more uh, in softball versus baseball. You know, we only have six pitchers. If you recruit one or two good pitchers per year, you're set. You're sitting pretty. So it's easier to kind of maintain these dynasties, you know, Oklahoma, UCLA, Arizona, who's actually down a little bit, surprisingly, Alabama, Florida. It's hard to get good in softball because the teams, the halves are always going to have, right? Yeah. There are not a lot of upsets in softball. Now, this season, there was a lot more. But to beat the number two overall seed is unheard of in their home regional. They've been playing regionals and super regionals since 2005. A number two seed has never not won their own regional, ever. Mississippi State beat Florida State twice, upset uh, – the number 20, uh, a 24-game winning streak and was the only non-conference team to beat Florida State all year. Florida State only lost five games all year, guys. If a, Tennessee, who's the best – this is how crazy softball is. Florida State was number two. The best baseball team most of us have ever seen is probably Tennessee this year. You got the 97 LSU team is one of them. They, Tennessee's lost, lost uh, more than five games already. I mean, come on. Like, how – this is incredible. It, it softball is is extremely difficult to break into uh, and win. It's extremely difficult to change kind of the traditional mold that's been uh, set aside uh, all year, you know, or all decade, I should say, set aside since since the softball team, you know, since softball became a uh, NCAA sport. It's kind of hard to break those molds, and Mississippi State did that. You you can't understate. Uh, how impressive this was. It's less, it's unfortunately less visible and it was a little bit less dramatic, but not too much than the UConn upset, but it was just as improbable, if not more improbable and upset as when we beat UConn. I mean, uh, I still say that UConn, uh, it, it's up there, but it ain't the Yukon. It, it, it ain't the Yukon. Uh, it's not. And I mean, a hundred. That was the difference. There is Florida State wasn't. You know, hasn't won four national championships in a row. I mean, that's that's the difference. Um, they played for a national championship last year, but the, you could also say that Mississippi State 
had been a Sweet 16 before, Sweet 16 team before in basketball. Like we were kind of on the upswing. We had competed for an SEC championship that year and actually won an SEC uh, regular season championship. But no, 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 not that year we didn't. But um, we had competed for one that year. So we kind of had expectations too. You know, this is a first, Florida State's has been a powerhouse, and this is the first time that we've been able to get to a super regional. So as far as our pedigree, we weren't quite at that level in softball yet before this season, before this series. Which goes to show Samantha Ricketts. <laughs> I'd go ahead and give her an extension right now. Oh, they're they're drawing it up right now. If if they didn't if they didn't draw that up, if they're not working on drawing that up this week, uh, somebody in the office is just on vacation or something because that's a no brainer. She's she's going to get extended. Uh, she's earned it. She's absolutely earned it. Basically, you got to get like basically get somebody that played in Oklahoma. Like you can't go wrong with getting somebody that played in Oklahoma. That's exactly right. Or that uh, one of those again. That the, the, the who's who, the blue bloods of college softball, they do not change very often. They do not often have a down year. Like we see, we mentioned Oklahoma. Oklahoma will always be good. Always has been good. I, I mean, I'll put it in perspective for you. Alabama missed a super regional for the first time ever this year. They had made a super regional every single year. I mean the. We think that like Arkansas, Mississippi State, you know, Miami, Florida State, uh, Texas, some of these schools, you know, the Arizona schools at one time, South Carolina, USC at one time. We think that they're dominant in baseball. The dominance of these softball teams makes those teams look, you know, look like little league squads just compared to how steady and consistent they've been. To beat a team in that echelon like Florida State is, it's incredible. It, it, it I will say this. The baseball team has not had an upset that big ever. Part of that's because baseball has always been good. That they haven't had to be the underdog that many times. But there is there was no less, there's never been a less probable win in baseball than there is for than there was for the softball team this weekend. I might say I might throw in sweep of Florida in 2018 at home. That's close. That's close. But at home, and again, you still have the pedigree. I mean. You know how we, we always say baseball is a crazy sport where anything can happen? Softball, game by game maybe, but not series by series and not uh, regional by regional or, and even in super regional. Is it something where you have a lot of surprises? I mean, it, it this year was the exception. You've got multiple lower seeds hosting super regionals. Stanford's hosting one as well. Uh, UCF is, is in a super regional for the first, for the first time. They have to go to Norman and lose to Oklahoma, probably. It's just incredible how how daunting a challenge it was that our girls have risen to. Can I go through? I say, oh, you keep going. I was going to add toughness and grit. Because <laughs> what they did against Florida State pitching-wise was nails. That yeah. was like some like watching Will Bednar and Omaha type stuff. It was absolute nails. It was it was composure. It was confidence. Uh, it, it was just as admirable as it possibly could have been. There is no 
description apt enough for how big that was. I mean, to, they just went ahead and did something that's never been done. Uh, not just by Mississippi State, but again, by anybody. A top two seed has never been, un, been upset in their own regional. It's never happened. And they went ahead and did it. I mean, had to win two games to do it, too. It's not like, again, Florida State was cruising. They hadn't lost a regional game. Let's do the math here. They're 24-0. and 0. That is at least six years in a row without losing a regional game. All right, so they were 22-0 and 0 before that, right, before this regional. They won two games in this regional. You, they've, I guess it's at least seven in a row. They've won at least seven in a row without losing a single game. They've been – that is – that is – I can't even wrap my head around it. There's a sport that – out of all the sports that I follow closely, there has not been a similar upset for a team that I really, really appreciate. Again, UConn is probably the only one. But even then, though, you knew Mississippi State had, had, some, had some background there when, they, when that happened, okay? Like that was not – it wasn't like Mississippi State had never accomplished anything with those players and those coaches. And I'm not trying to disparage the previous accomplishments. For them to make as many regionals in a row as they've made with the daunting schedule to play every year in the SEC is incredible. That, that in and of itself is incredible. To be a perennial postseason team like they have been is a huge accomplishment. But now they've taken the next step. Yeah, I mean, they make – if they make it to Oklahoma City, you can bet a good, a big, huge following is going to go out there. And speaking of big crowds, the Bulldog Club has already snatched up every single ticket for this weekend. Why am I not surprised? So I don't know how. Uh, first of all, if you're a Bulldog Club member that got a ticket, congratulations. Uh, if you're a person that got a ticket and you found out we had a softball team yesterday, I'm a little bit upset at you. That's neither here nor there, though. Uh, I'll get over it. But I'm, I'm scrambling trying to figure out how I'm going to go to this, this game. I will be there Friday. I've, I've promised. If I'm, in the par- if I'm in the parking lot over and listening to it on the radio, I will be out there. Um, Saturday I have a wedding, and if, and if the If Necessary game is played Sunday, I'll be out there again. But there will be a raucous and quite thick crowd at News Park this year. Uh, this weekend. In fact, I think they will shatter whatever the attendance record is at News Park. And it won't even be close. Uh, it will be obliterated. Oh, easily. Well, hopefully, hopefully Daniel can find a ticket. Yeah, me and Daniel are, are, are struggling. We, we've already got a tailgate kind of set up with the women's basketball coach. Coach Purcell wants to tailgate with Daniel and uh, some and company, you know, I'm going to be, I'm trying to get a part of that group and contribute to that as well. Do I need to show up? If you think you can uh, push your weight around and find and track down some tickets by all means, but also oh, even if we're in yelling. the game, whether we are in the game or not, we will be grilling and frying bacon and eggs for breakfast on Friday morning because the game is at 11 a.m. Well, you'll you'll at least get uh, morning tweet. So, well, we we will have the wake up tweet. Yeah, I'm I'm back. He's back. We missed you. The uh, yeah. 
again, I, I, I can't even wrap my head around the fact that we're hosting the Super Regional for the first time in softball history. And meanwhile, baseball isn't even an SEC tournament. Like, it, it, it's, it's been a weird week. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad that we get one more chance this year, at least, to make some memories as sports fans at Mississippi State. The season is not over. Um, we're all here for the softball team. And even though football, we're going to be in football mode here sooner rather than later. Uh, we're not, and we're, you know, I know we've gotten used to playing football or baseball well in June. At the very least, we'll have something else to get excited about. I'm about to say, there's nothing worse than that lull during the summer. It's bad, man. And I, I mean, the podcast is going to go on, but it's uh, it's going to be a little bit more prognostication, a little bit more what ifs, a little bit more shooting the like bullet, top, a little less breakdown. Like some top 10 all time Mississippi State moments. I think, you know, we'll, we'll do like a, a previews. And we'll have a couple. We'll have a couple weeks to talk about baseball. Maybe uh, we'll have news. We'll, we'll probably talk about basketball a little bit. We'll get Andrew back on. We'll do some football stuff. But I mean, it's gonna be, it's gonna be hard. You, you know, used to we have plenty of stuff to go into until right up until the first week of July. We'll take a couple weeks off, and then bam, you know, you've got two weeks before football season starts, where everything's good. So we'll have to figure it out. It's unpressed, uncharted waters for sure. Oh yeah, we'll see. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it, though. That is exactly right. All right, that's all I've got for today. Is there anything that we need to throw on top of that? So get out there for someone at John Cole and tell them open up the lounge so we can grill and drink beer and watch it on the Jumbotron if you can't get in the game. You know, now that you said that and I kind of chuckled, but now that it's sold out, I'm here for it. Like, let's do it. Might as well. You chuckled? Well, I would never throw out a, cra- a dumb slash crazy idea. Look, <laughs> not well, the- all that shows <laughs> that I'm short-sighted and you're not. Yeah, heck no. I'm a I'm big picture guy. Chess, not checkers type of guy. Exactly. But, no, for real, what's going to happen is we're going to hear the crowd reaction from next door, and then 30 seconds later we'll find out what it was about. It would be like me if I just didn't go <laughs> in the football game and just sit and watch on TV in the tailgate. I never had to do that. But I've, I've, I've walked through the junction and watched everybody that's uh, participating in that, and they seem to be having a good time most of the time. Well, well of course. You never have a bad time in the junction. Exactly right. Well, until next time. We'll be seeing you. Daniel and I will have a preview episode of some kind before too long. We will talk about this series. We will update you on if we're able to get into the game. We'll figure something out. we got lots of moving parts to this thing. Everybody's running around like chickens with their heads cut off. We are in, like I said earlier, uncharted waters. But until next time, as always, swing your sword and hail state.